Next on ReachMD, Voices from American Medicine, featuring perspectives, challenges, and triumphs from medical professionals on the front lines of healthcare. Now here's the host of Voices from American Medicine, Frank Russomano. Trauma care is complex. Depending on the type of injury, a trauma patient could require treatment by a neurosurgeon, an orthopedist, an ophthalmologist, an obstetrician, and many other specialties. And that doesn't count all the nursing, allied health, social work, pastoral care, respiratory, and other disciplines that are all essential parts of the trauma team. Now consider what it would take to move this multidisciplinary group and all the physical infrastructure related to providing that specialized care to a new location. That was the challenge facing Penn Trauma Program when Penn Medicine decided to move its Level 1 Trauma Center from Hospital of University of Pennsylvania to Penn Presbyterian. I'm your host, Frank Russomano, and joining me today is Gary Scheib, Chief Operating Officer of University of Pennsylvania Health System and Executive Director of the Hospital of University of Pennsylvania. Gary, welcome to the program. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I wanted to uh, to start by learning a little bit about how you ended up at, at the University of Pennsylvania. Sure. Uh, well, I spent the first 25 years of my career prior to Penn working in community hospitals. So Penn is the first academic medical center uh, I've experienced. Uh, I spent half of those 25 years, the first half, in the four profit public company world, uh, and the second half in the uh, nonprofit, but all of them were in community hospitals. And I was primarily uh, involved in financial turnarounds throughout most of those 25 years. That's interesting. So you joined Penn in 97, and um, what what piqued your interest to come to Penn? Were you, were you looking for an academic experience? Uh, actually, I wasn't I wasn't looking. I wasn't in the market, so to speak. Uh, but Penn did contact me and recruited me to a role. Um, I actually took a role at Penn um, with the understanding that I would only uh, work in that role for no more than two years. Uh, so I took the job to get my foot in the door. Penn has always been, uh, you know, a national and regional leader in healthcare, and uh, it gave me the opportunity to to be with one of the best. Uh, hospital organizations in the country. That's interesting. And and, uh, and you rose quickly in the organization. As, as I was preparing for our discussion today, I learned that in 2004 you became chief, chief operating officer. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. And uh, actually, uh, a few years before that, I guess 1999, my first opportunity uh, was to become the chief executive at the Academic Medical Center, uh, the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. Um, my, the opportunity really presented itself uh, because in the late 90s, soon after I arrived, Penn had some significant financial difficulties. So my turnaround experience prior to Penn kind of positioned me well for that uh, opportunity as Penn was facing a turnaround itself. Right. The, the challenges you faced from going from a community hospital to a health system had to be significant. And as you graduated into the role of chief operating officer, it's a very different job. Is that is that right? Uh, yes, it is. But I would say uh, many of my friends ask me what the difference is between community hosp- the community hospital world and the academic world. And my answer is always the same. You, you just need to add three zeros to anything <laughs> to deal with, whether it's uh, FTEs or balance sheets or square feet. Uh, what I find is the same are the people. And the people issues, the people concerns are all the same. So it's not really that different, uh, in, in my opinion. Right. So, you know, I know that you participate in a number of different boards at Penn. 
Um, so it sounds like you have a little bit broader focus from, from the community systems. Is, is, is part of the role um, expressing your vision to the teams that, you know, you've got a much bigger team than you have, have had before and being able to, uh, to, to adapt to the team's needs? Uh, there's no doubt about it that this is a team sport. And there's no one individual, especially in an organization this large, who um, really can do everything, can control everything. So you really need a team to do that. And the opportunity that I have serving on each of our entity boards allows me uh, to look at our entities actually from two perspectives. One, from a governance perspective as I serve on the boards, but then also from an operating you know, day-to-day perspective, uh, management perspective in, in my COO role. And hopefully, uh, I, I believe, that the one role helps advise the other and, and, and allows me to do a better job in, in each. Right. How um, different is the role when it comes to relating to the healthcare professionals that, that serve the patients within your system? Do you get as much access to the doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners as you did when you were in a much smaller setting? Uh, no. It's much more difficult just because of sheer size. As I said, you add three zeros to any number. Here in the Penn Health System, we deal with over 20,000 employees uh, across all of our entities. So it's impossible to to have the same involvement. Although that being said, I look at our our academic medical center here, and it's uh, 750-plus beds. Uh, But it's really an organization of neighborhoods. The hospital is very large but there are neighborhoods within the organization, just like Philadelphia is a a city of neighborhoods. And I can have as much involvement as I want at the local level. It's hard to be involved across the continuum at that detail level, but I can do it individually uh, at the departmental level, which I try to do from time to time uh, for various various reasons. That's great. You've uh, overseen uh, the acquisition and partnership of a number of different entities in the uh, in the region. Did that give you access to different ways of thinking from the various partnerships that you've uh, enjoyed over your time? I believe it has. We can all learn from one another, and the Academic Medical Center doesn't necessarily have all of the answers, and nor does the community hospital. So we always try to find best practice and then find the opportunity to, to transfer that best practice across our various entities. So we're we're always looking to coordinate and integrate across the entity boundaries to try to try to make us a better organization and a stronger organization wherever we can. That's great. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Voices from American Medicine. I'm Frank Russomano, and joining me is Gary Scheib, Chief Operating Officer of University of Pennsylvania Health System. Gary, one of your biggest projects is the transition of moving a trauma center from the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania campus. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and actually, the first thing I would say is it wasn't just a trauma center move or relocation, but it's really part of an overall strategic plan that began 10 years ago as we were looking for uh, opportunities to consolidate services across our, across our entities, trying to avoid duplication. Uh, we have three hospitals here in the city of Philadelphia, And uh, we called the question on whether we needed to have all the services on each of the campuses. Uh, That discussion took place over a period of a number of years, and three years ago we made the decision to move our Level 1 trauma program from the Academic Medical Center campus 
to Penn Presbyterian, which is really only seven or eight blocks uh, away. Uh, that turned out to be the single um, most complicated project I've ever been involved in in my 42, almost 43 years in healthcare. What made it so difficult? Well, trauma services touch literally every aspect of care, of support services, of, of any activity in, in a hospital. And I sort of knew that, but I really didn't understand it until we began planning for how are we going to move from one campus to another. And literally, of course, you have the obvious, the physicians, the surgeons, the nurses, respiratory therapy, and so forth, but trauma extends well beyond that into pastoral care services, uh, security, um, just about, not just about, literally every department in a facility. And in a large hospital like the Hospital of University of Pennsylvania, where the Level 1 program was begun 25 years ago, the program is one of many uh, programs in a very comprehensive list. When we moved to a uh, smaller hospital, but still a very high-intensity care hospital like Penn Presbyterian, they didn't necessarily have all of the services across the continuum prior to the trauma move. So the service provided on the academic campus uh, can be provided on the margin, so to speak. So every service that's here can contribute to trauma, as well as everything else that they do 24-7-365. When we looked at uh, what we needed to do on the Penn Presbyterian campus, we didn't have all of the 24-7-365 services in every area that was needed. So we had to build some of those services from a zero base point uh, and then the entire reason for the service being put in place was to care for the trauma patients. Uh, we believe it's going to allow Penn Presbyterian to also then expand into some other areas because those services will be available 24-7-365. Right. So, I mean, I, I can only imagine the logistics uh, that go into a move like that and, and, the, and the expense of a move like that. Why, why did you decide to do it? Well, uh, as I said, it was part of our strategic plan. We were looking for an opportunity to consolidate services, and we had a facility at Penn Presbyterian that, uh, putting trauma aside for a minute, Penn Presbyterian needed a facility upgrade uh, for intensive care units. Their ORs needed to be renovated, expanded. Uh, we needed to increase the level of sophistication of their diagnostic imaging. So we already uh, were prepared and planning about a $100 million project to upgrade Penn Presbyterian facilities and, and the campus. The trauma move allowed us, again, sort of on the margin from a capital standpoint, to add some extra dollars on a capital basis into what was already a very large project and move uh, the trauma program and literally create what is truly uh, a world-class trauma program, which we've had here for 25 years, uh, and now move it into world-class facilities. And there are facilities that we were really weren't able to provide on this campus because we're sort of landlocked here. There's not a lot of extra space or any. And what we've done on the Penn Presbyterian campus, we've really designed a trauma program from a facility standpoint from the ground up. So we have a brand-new helicopter uh, pad. That helicopter pad can now handle any of the very large helicopters that are flying today 
the pads I have at the academic medical center here uh, can't handle all of the very, very large helicopters today. So it allows us to expand our capability of bringing in more uh, helicopters, more patients, opening access up to more people. And then we were able to design uh, elevators, oversized elevators directly from the helipad to the ORs, right down to the trauma bays, to the critical care units. And uh, we had some of that capability on this campus at the Academic Medical Center, but now we have it designed the way it should be. So it was the right time to do what we were contemplating doing because all the pieces sort of fell together. So it is a big financial investment, but it also allows us on the Academic Center campus to open up on the average about 40 uh, inpatient beds per day. And the biggest challenge we've had on this campus is we run at greater than 100% occupancy um, Monday through Friday, and the weekends drop off, but not a lot. So our challenge always is to find enough beds for the patient demand. So it's a real win for Penn Presbyterian and their services and for the trauma program. Uh, and for the academic center now, we opened 40 beds over the last two weeks that previously were occupied by our trauma patients. And the last thing I should say on that is I believe the really big win is for the community and for the patients that we serve because we've taken a world-class program and, as I said, put it into world-class facilities and with uh, capacity to expand. Interesting. It sounds like a really well-executed plan, and it sounds like you're enjoying uh, the benefits that you had planned in that went back to your strategic planning sessions that you had with your team. Absolutely, uh, and we've, we've been fortunate. It's been, I guess we're into day 16 of the move, and it's been really successful, and there are a few people you know, I'd just like to mention who really made a difference. Um, Dr. Bill Schwab, who was our founding chief of the trauma program and trauma and critical care program here 25 years ago, is no longer the chief of the service, but he is still here working with us, and he really helped us uh, plan, uh, plan the move and make it such a successful move. And the other two people I wanted to mention, George Ayub and Mary Rogers. Uh, George was the nurse manager of our surgical critical care unit here at the academic center and mary uh, had been the nurse manager of our inpatient trauma unit both george and mary agreed uh, to move to penn presbyterian uh, with the program and because of their commitment and how well respected they were among all the trauma staff here we have over 200 uh, staff moving from the academic center to penn presbyterian and in fact, that's who the trauma program is. The facilities, the helicopters, the elevators, all of the, those things aren't the trauma program. The trauma program are those experienced clinicians and the support teams uh, that have worked for 25 years at making us a world-class program. So we're really happy that more than 200 people agreed to move to Penn Presbyterian under the leadership of George and Mary. That's really wonderful to hear, and, it, and, it, and it's wonderful for you to recognize those clinicians, I think it's so important to patient health and patient care. And watching those moves occur, the general population may not understand the complexities of that uh, of that move. But uh, I can tell you, I, I'm fortunate enough to live in the area of the University of Pennsylvania Health System, and clearly your reputation nationally stands on its own. But I can say from personal experiences, those clinicians that you have in your system, and even the systems built by the administrators in the system 
are very apparent when you experience the care in, within your system. So it's not a surprise to me that you were able to pull off this complex move with such great success, and, and, uh, and I know the community appreciates it. Well, thank you. I, I certainly appreciate you saying that, and it, it certainly validates how we feel uh, about our team. And I mentioned a few names. There are literally hundreds of additional people who were involved the last three years in planning, and then we began implementing last, uh, literally last summer uh, with training and run-throughs, and, and it was uh, a major undertaking by many, many, many people. And uh, it's to the credit of those, all of those people and the, the, all the team of the, the great trauma staff that we have that it's been so successful. So now that you've, um, you, you've, uh, you're, you're at the tail end of that transition, your job gets easier, right? Not much left to do. <laughs> no, there always there, there always seems to be something else, another challenge, another major project or initiative. So, what's next for you, Gary? Uh, well, uh, lots of things. Uh, I would say a priority for us is focusing. Uh, this is literally across our health system through all the entities, focusing on eliminating unnecessary variations in care, uh, and not only clinical care but eliminating the unnecessary policies and duplication and variations in policies and procedures. Uh, We're complicated uh, organizations to begin with, and any time you take three or four and put them together, uh, you go up exponentially in the complication. And we've all done things uh, kind of our own way over the years. And in order to, to, to flourish and to provide the kind of care people are going to want and people deserve, we need to eliminate those variations in care. So it's easier said than done. It's going to take a lot of work and literally a number of years uh, to do it. Um, that's, that's kind of job number one. And I'd say equally with that right up there, 1A would be uh, getting ourselves organized to manage patient care across the continuum. So we're really good at critical interventions, but I'd say we're, we're not, and I'm not just referring to Penn, I'm referring to kind of the healthcare system in, in this country today, we're not very good at managing care across the continuum. We make it really difficult for patients to even understand how they get from one step to the other to the other. So if someone arrives on a helicopter and they need trauma care or they need emergency surgery, we do that really well, the best in the world. But then the next, once the patient recovers and needs to go home, needs rehab, uh, needs other post-acute services, those aren't as well coordinated. So our goal here at Penn is to literally we're going to be making some changes organizationally to move to much more of a horizontally organized uh, organization and much more so than the very traditional vertically organized structure that we've been working in. So our goal is to be able to care for patients well before they need critical acute care, inpatient care, and then after they leave us to provide all the appropriate care they need in the home setting or in a, in a post-acute setting of, of some kind. But we need to make some structural changes to do that. So those are the two big priorities for us that uh, are easy to say but will take us several years, I think, to, uh, to, to get implemented successfully. There's a lot ahead of you, and, and sounds like you've got uh, the strategy in place to lead the change with healthcare systems. And I, I really appreciate you joining us, Gary. Well, thank you, Frank. It's been my uh, pleasure. You've been listening to Voices from American Medicine, featuring perspectives, challenges, and triumphs from medical professionals on the front lines of healthcare. Voices from American Medicine is hosted by Frank Russomano. And to access this program, 
and others in the series, please visit us at reachmd.com forward slash voices.